This episode of Casseline, the French football podcast with the accent, is brought to you by Breaking the Lines, curated football opinions. Head on to breakingthelines.com to read the latest article about Angelo Gabriel, the next talent coming from the Santos Academy, but also Jules Koundé, the new signing at Barcelona, and the hunt for a striker for Leeds United. Go and listen to the Breaking the Line podcast as well. I mean, the fair few of them are about French football right now with everything that we've done last week with um, Baptiste from Le Classic Pod to preview the season in Ligue 1. Uh, and go and check Baptiste Le Classic Pod Twitter account where a lot of threads are being made about um, French football and all the French clubs this season. So it's a must read. Today in the episode, we're of course going to review game one of the season in Liga. I'm going to focus more on the three games that I've actually watched from A to Z and had time to, to really watch properly. And then we'll quickly touch on to the seven other games, of course. Uh, a lot to talk about uh, this season in Liga, and we're seeing a few things um, shaping nicely. So sorry if I don't spend too much time on, on all games today but uh, the three games that I, that I did cover uh, I try to go as in-depth as possible without staying on um, the microphone for a whole four hours anyway I hope you enjoy episode four of season two in Liga the action is back and we're talking football So here we are, and Ligue 1 is back, and with with quite a fashion. Uh, they are back with a historical start. 10 games, of course, 33 goals. That's the best tally of goals after game one in 45 years. So it's a, it's a nice way to, to come back to the French football. Uh, Paris, Marseille, Monaco, Lille, and Lyon, of course, um, did the job. Um, Ren disappointed a little bit. We're, we're going to go into into all that. Um, so, so this game, um, like I said, this weekend, excuse me, 10 games, the, the 33 goals, two red cards only, both during that um, Lyon-Ajaccio game uh, that we're going to talk about first. Uh, if we look at the results of the weekend, uh, so Paris Saint-Germain, of course, uh, started with a bang, uh, a 5-0 win um, against um, Clermont at Clermont. But before that, it was... Lyon-Ajaccio to start the season, 2-1 for Lyon. Monaco went to win in Strasbourg, 2-1, a very entertaining game. Toulouse and Nice, 1-1, Angers and Nantes, 0-0. Uh, Lille beat Auxerre, 4-1. Montpellier beat 3-3-2. Lens beat Brest on the same score, 3-2. Lorient, surprisingly, won at Rennes, uh, one of the uh, three uh, win away this week. Um, Lorient won 1-0 against Rennes and Marseille to finish the weekend 1-4-1 against um, Stade de Reims. Um, so, so a very entertaining um, weekend, as I said. Um, you know, the five new coaches that we had talked about in a previous episode, Galtier, Tudor, Fonseca, Favre and Lebris. Well, Favre um, did um, consider draw against Toulouse, but the other four coaches won their um, their first game. And, and I think it set up a little bit of the general expectations for, for Ligue 1, that, the, that first um, match day. You know, Lyon wins, Monaco wins. We kind of expect them to be high in the end. Of course, um, I'm recording this episode on, on Wednesday night in Australia, um, so Wednesday morning in, in Europe. Um, and, and we already know that Monaco is not going to play in Champions League because they have lost... Um, against PSV this morning uh, after extra time uh, 3-2, which is a bit disappointing for them. So they're going to be able to focus 
I guess, um, a, a bit more on Liga and, and, and Europa League. I think it's a, it's a bit sad because they're probably not replacing uh, Chouameni, at least not by a new recruit because they're not going to Champions League. But we'll see. We'll see what Pomichel um, does. And, and of course, um, what, oh, I can't remember his name, Philippe Clément, excuse me, the coach, uh, does as well. But, but anyway, yeah, I think what we saw this weekend really kind of set the tone for what Ligue 1 is going to be. Um, Ajaccio uh, was a little bit scrappy against Lyon. Um, Lille, you know, Lille kind of impressed. And what we've seen really is, in case we forgot, the World Cup is in four months. And I think in almost every single game, we saw the impact of that. Messi and Neymar are level that we expect them to be. Uh, Vitinha, same thing for, for Paris. Mbolo impressed um, with Monaco when he went in. Um, and this morning as well against PSV, actually impressed. Um, Dalinga at Toulouse, actually, was pretty good. I mean, not, nothing too much to see with the, with the World Cup there, but still, it was it was impressive to, to see him coming in. She's Dalinda. Dalinga, excuse me. Um, and, and yeah, I think we'll... We'll see the impact of that. We'll see what that means. And we might see even more what that means with Alexis Sanchez, who um, has just signed for, for Marseille. Uh, if you haven't seen the images, uh, please go and check out what happened at the uh, Marseille airport when uh, Alexis Sanchez um, landed. It's, uh, it's worth the, the video. It's, it's worth watching it. Um, anyway, um, what we've seen was Paris Saint-Germain confirming, really, after all that um, Trophée des Champions, Charity Shield win against Nantes last week. Uh, we wanted to see how the recruits were playing and they, and they did well. Uh, Vicinia did really good. Um, I think um, Galchi, of course, started showing what he was here to do. Um, and then we've seen, like I said, the Dalinga from Toulouse, uh, but we've also seen Openda uh, from Lens, even though he wasn't the star. Sotoka was the star, the star this weekend. Um, we were not disappointed. I think he was a good first game uh, for this episode we're going to go in depth through the three games like I said that I've watched the most uh, and those games were Lyon Ajaccio um, Toulouse Nice and, and Marseille Reims because um, I wanted to see I guess two of the new promoted sides to see what they were doing and, and what they were going to offer this season in Ligue 1 or at least at the beginning of it um, so we're going to focus a bit more on that but then I'll still cover shortly quickly the, the other seven games to, to give you I guess a bit my feeling on what happened Anyway, let's go to the Groupama Stadium for the first game. Lyon against Ajaccio, um, the season opener. And Lyon, who won that game 2-1, 68-ball, 68% ball position, excuse me, for the home side. 11 shots, 6 on target. And for Ajaccio, 8 shots and only 4 on target. Lyon, you know, they didn't have a quiet uh, off-season. Uh, John Textor, John Textor, excuse me, he's the new owner of the club. Um, if you don't know him, he also owns the club of uh, Botafogo in Brazil and, and, and a few other sports clubs. Um, and his press conference and interviews are definitely uh, worth the detour. Uh, usually a lot of fun. He always uh, he always makes sure to have some jig at other clubs. He has a jig at Marseille on one conference. He has a jig at PSG on the next. Um, and he actually knows a bit about football, even though he, he said jokingly that he's the kind of owner that doesn't want to be involved in operation. They'll just call um, Olas or um, uh, what's his name? Vincent Ponceau, I think is the other guy at, at Lyon. Uh, he'll just call them, do, them both and give them ideas. He doesn't want to really get involved. Uh, you can see that he knows what he's talking about. Um, Jean-Michel Olas, though, is still at the club, the historical president. Uh, but he's just the president. He's not the majority owner anymore. And so basically, uh, he's in charge of all operations with, uh, with his team. Peter Boss is still the coach, of course, and uh, with Bruno Cherou, the sporting director, they kind of sorted the recruitment as early as they could. Um, Alex Lacazette, everyone knows, is back. Uh, Corentin Tolisso is back as well from Bayern Munich. They got the young 
Johan Lepenant from, um, from Caen, if I'm not mistaken, uh, 19 years old, who actually impressed this weekend, and Nicolas Taliafico from um, Ajax. Uh, it looks also that the young um, Barcola, Malcolm Barcola up front, will have a bit more game time this season, probably to the extent, expense, at the expense of uh, Ryan Cherki, which uh, apparently is on the way out. Um, and besides Tolisso, this weekend, all the players were actually starting. Uh, and against, you know, arguably the, the weakest team in league, Ajaxio, um, at first they did the job and then they decided to make it uh, far, very hard for themselves. Um, they had scored twice in the first 20 minutes. Lacazette uh, signed his comeback nicely, an assist, a goal from the spot kick. Uh, but then, like I said, they decided to shoot themselves in the foot. Uh, and Anthony Lopez decided that he was going to be the most talked about Lyon player and not Lacazette for his comeback. You know, after after 20 minutes, they're up to zero. They're dominating. They feel comfortable. You think that it's going to be a 6-0 and it's going to be that big party of, of Lacazette coming back. But then um, a ball behind the defense and then Anthony Lopez decided to basically um, air body check El Dressy. The same thing is done in the past against Mbappé. The same thing is done against Alvaro Gonzalez. The same thing he always does when he goes to get the ball. He feels the need to physically... I guess, physically smack the other player, uh, except he didn't get the ball at all um, against Alidrissi, and it looked a lot like that 1982 Schumacher against Batistone. The, the French fans around here will know what I'm talking about. Uh, the referee didn't hesitate. Red card and penalty. To be honest, it's probably on the edge of the box, but anyway, red card and penalty. Uh, and Thomas Mangani, who's a, who's a former Angers player, of course, who signed for Ajaccio, scored the pen against the, the new goalkeeper for the day, Rémi Rieu. Uh, if you don't know Rémi Rieu, he used to be at Lyon when he was young and he never was given the chance to actually play and then he went to play in other clubs and then he came back to sort of finish his career. He's 36 or 37 or something like that to just be the number two and not do any waves. And now here he is um, in the in between the post. And then he's probably going to play the next two or three games, depending on the suspension that Anthony Lopez is given. Anyway, um, Lyon, after that, after, um, that expulsion, really felt, I guess, really felt a little bit lost for a solid 10 minutes. Uh, and I think Boss kind of made a mistake because to get Remy Ryu in, he subbed out um, Usama Wah, which kind of unbalanced the midfield. Uh, Mangani and Marchetti, who were the two, um, like the, the two double pivot to the two midfielder uh, in in the Corsican squad, uh, they really made life harder for Le Penon and Paqueta. Paqueta who had to drop a little bit lower uh, for for the midfield to to keep a little bit of consistency, a bit of balance. But I guess luckily for Lyon, um, Ajaccio also got a red card before halftime. Hamuma, who's the former Saint Etienne striker. Um, and supposedly, again, you know, one of the leaders of, of that side uh, really got two stupid yellows, one for an argument, the second one for an elbow on Paqueta that, you know, the, the Brazilian midfielder sort of nicely milked, but, but it's still definitely a, a yellow card offense. Uh, and so with Ajaccio back to 10 men as well, then Lyon was able to slowly get back in it and, and take control of the second half again. The score didn't change. Um, the second half was a bit more leveled. The team both got their chances. Like I said, um, you know, Barcola, Apparently, he's ahead of Cherki in the sub, and, and it's some, going to be something interesting to follow. Uh, and he's also proved that he can do the work and that he works for the other ones. Um, Lacazette is definitely the boss. Um, you know, they played really well in the first 20 minutes, Lyon, I thought. And I think after that, we saw a little bit more of last season's issues. We saw a bit of that fragile defense. We saw the players that don't always make the efforts for each other. 
but seeing Lacazette in charge of the field, um, which is very obvious, was good to see, talking to everyone, talking to the young players. Uh, and speaking of young players, Le Penant really impressed in the middle of the park. Uh, he's still a teenager, but like the maturity, the calm that he showed, he went for the, for the, um, the press interview at halftime himself. Um, I think if Toliso stays in form and then Kakere comes back, and if Paqueta stays, um, we're looking at a very, very good midfield in Ligue 1 and, and yeah, probably the best midfield after Paris Saint-Germain, really. Um, so it's, I mean, it's impressive that Lyon is always either able to get youngsters from their squad or uh, to, to find the right youngster in other teams and bring them back to Lyon. Uh, anyway, as far as Ajaxio go, uh, well, look, they're not going to have a peaceful season, to say the least. Um, but Marketi Mangani, I, I like that. In the midfield, I, th- I thought it was all right. Um, the rest of the team, look, I wasn't overly impressed. They fight hard. They defend low. Um, I'll need to see them a little bit more to, uh, to really see what we're going to expect. But right now, it looked a little bit more... I guess it looked a little bit like what you would expect, the stereotypical promoted team who just defends well and try and play in counter-attack. So we'll see if they keep it that way or if they try to do something uh, different and, and maybe better in a way. So the second game that I watched was Toulouse against Nice. It was a Sunday night, 9 p.m. here for me in uh, in Australia, but I think it was 1 o'clock in, in France on Sunday. Uh, Toulouse-Nice 1-1, one, one, uh, 54% position for Toulouse, um, for Nice, excuse me, uh, 6 shots for on target for Toulouse and 11 shots for on target for Nice. Um, t- to be honest, I actually was really looking forward to watch that game. Um, you know, Toulouse in Ligue 1, the debut of Dalinga, uh, Van den Moeven showing what he's capable of. Uh, and on the other side, you know, the comeback of, uh, of Lucien Favre, how he's going to play his team. Just, there was a few different angles to that game. Um, and, and I wasn't disappointed. You know, I guess somehow Nice underperformed. Um, you know, if bar those two periods at the end of the first half and around the time they scored the equalizer it was really to lose this game i thought um and we know that there's going to be work to do for for nice uh the the keeper has changed and now schmeichel has arrived and actually with schmeichel talking quite a bit from the bench we know that their fullbacks aren't great and, and that showed a lot. I mean, you know, Ngumu and Silla, they're two players that are okay for Toulouse, uh, but they really caused problem to, uh, to Melvin Barr and, uh, and Jordan Lotomba. Uh, but yeah, and then we'll have to see what they are doing, uh, in the midfield. I mean, up front, they're supposed to have such a strong team, uh, and Calvin Stengs actually played a little bit better, um, when he was, uh, starting for Nice. But, um, but yeah, it looks like they just can do better, uh, especially when on the other side, um, Dalinga up front for twos, uh, who scored the goal with, with the smallest touch on that assist from uh, Van den Boomen, um, actually showed that it's going to be dangerous and Toulouse had more opportunity, I feel, to seal the deal than, nice, than what Nice had. Um, you know, the equalizer came from Aaron Ramsey and, and it's a superb strike, actually, I should add. Um, and Nice, for a while, they had the game under control and, and they forced Dupe to make one or two important saves. Uh, but I think, you know, it's more encouraging for Toulouse than it is for Nice. Uh, that game, just Nice doesn't look like a, a finished team yet. Um, they're in talk with that inter midfielder, Kazadai, to, to join, and he's another teenager. Uh, and they have that, that Romanian prospect, Ilie, who, who joined and who looks like he's quick fitted, but it's a lot of young players that they're taking. Um, and, uh, and one thing that is, I guess, when you look at the game, right, and, and when you watch how Galce was playing last year, I feel like Galce last year, he had that team that was working for him when it was going well and from the back to the front and in the back especially. Galce is not a, a coach who 
was forcing that Nice team to defend high. It was happy for them to drop a little bit lower when they didn't have the ball. Favre doesn't want this. Favre wants them to play higher. But when you have a player like Dante in your defense, who's not 21 anymore, if you're going to try and have that line pretty high, more often than not, he's going to be uh, taken in the back. And it happened this weekend. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if we see it happen again. So I don't know. I think Favre is going to have to uh, to adapt in that sense because it could be dangerous for their defense. Uh, Burka did all right, but uh, but unfortunately, it probably was his uh, his last game as a starter in between the posts with with Marshall Raving, like I was saying. Uh, but yeah, needs to be disappointed. Toulouse, look, you know, it's a team that goes up. It's a team that we know will play football. Not a lot of changes, if you think about it. Dalinga arrived, but everybody else uh, is roughly what it was last year. At least uh, the team that started is roughly what it was last year. Uh, Spearings and uh, and um, um, ah, the defensor Nicolaisen, excuse me, and Rouault. Um, so, so it's a team that knows each other, know how to play together, and, and was known for playing good football last year under Montagnier, and they're doing just a little bit more of the same. So I guess they were lucky to face a, a nice team that was still clearly working on themselves. Uh, but yeah, they, they had they got the draw. If they had won, I think it would have not been a, a scandal. So uh, Toulouse is a team that I, that I you know, we say into the preview, I back up. I think they can do something and I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing a little bit more of them. Uh, it, it was an entertaining game. The only, one of the only two draws of the weekend, but it was, uh, it was good to see. And the third game that, uh, that I'll go a bit more in depth is, is Marseille against Reims. Uh, Marseille, you won that game 4-1, uh, 56% position for Marseille. Both teams with 16 shots, both teams with 6 of those 16 shots on target. Uh, and let me start by saying this, um, that 4-1 score is very flattering for Marseille and quite harsh for Reims. Um, you know, Reims, they've lost Raikovic in goals, of course. They've lost Ekitiki up front. Uh, they've recruited Pence between the post, Agbadou uh, to play central defender slash a little bit higher on the on the park if he needs to, uh, and they have an, an army of youngsters who, who are ready to pounce. They of course got Junior Ito up front, but he got injured already just before the weekend. Uh, on the other side, of course, Marseille. Uh, the off season was far from calm. We said it in the preview. Um, Tudor arrived, uh, and the team just didn't convince in the friendlies, and we heard about all that unrest in the locker room and players not liking what Tudor does, etc, etc. Now, we know that Marseille fans don't really have a middle ground. They either are madly in love with their team or they want to burn it to the ground. Uh, well, Tudor got um, acquainted to the Marseille fans when he was booed and whistled as soon as the speaker announced his name. I mean, the poor guy hasn't set foot in the velodrome yet and the stadium is booing him. Uh, he did say, the OM coach, that he didn't hear it because he was in the locker room, but I mean... Come on, we're not, you know, we're not stupid. We know how, how loud that could be, and we know that everybody must have told him uh, that he was booed when he, when he came in. Uh, anyway, first strong choice. Um, Tudor decided to left Payet on the bench to start the, the game, uh, and a few signings were starting. Close, Tavares, Gigo, uh, Mbemba, um, and I think that's it as far as the signing. Uh, but he played with Milik up front and um, Senjis Under and Gerson just behind them. Um, close and Nuno Tavares, the, the two wing back, made an immediate impact, of course. Uh, and we sort of started to get a, an understanding of, uh, of what we call Tudor Ball as a, as an homage for, uh, for Sampa, Sampa Oli, uh, Sampa Ball. Um, high press, fast attacks, 
use of the width um we'll we'll see but if if he keeps going that way they had a very good first half um i think and then slowly but surely they looked a bit more tired but we'll see um we'll see how that goes right milik started up front um i don't know if he disappointed because he worked quite a bit off the ball but with the ball just not always in the right rhythm um he didn't really take advantage of having Klaus and Tavares and and they run a lot a lot of crosses coming from either side and, and he just wasn't quite there uh, the goals of course came from the two win backs uh, across for across from Klaus that forced face to uh to score an own goal and to be honest when I saw that own goal um, I'm not sure what Woodface is doing but it looks like it doesn't it has no business putting the foot up there so um, I feel like he should have been able to avoid that own goal but anyway um, then Tavares um, scored his run made a few difference and, and that one that score was very uh, very uh, Churam-esque 1998 uh, except he came from the left um, really really helped him I guess being accepted in the stadium right it's funny because when Notavare signed a few fans said that we'd never that Marseille didn't have a, uh, a strong left back since Tai Taiwo and the way he plays is actually quite like Tai Taiwo he runs fast He's happy to shoot. He's got, um, I guess, a, a liking for crosses from anywhere, wherever he is on the park. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see. That's a good start, you know, scoring on the first game at Velodrome. Um, and then at the hour mark, um, Marseille made two changes. The, the new recruits, Veretout and Luis Suarez, came in, and the Milik and Under came out. And to be honest, when I see those two coming in and when I see how they played, actually kind of showed me how good Marseille can be this season. I'm not talking about the Champions League. I'm not sure nothing's going to happen in the Champions League. But in the league, um, there's actually a, a bit of depth going on right now. Uh, Vera too is, is, I think, is a very good midfielder. I've rated him before. I've rated him still. Uh, he plays simple. He plays just. There's not a lot of fluff. He's physical. He's comfortable, ball to fit. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing a bit more of him. Uh, and Luis Suarez, when he came in, um, just a lot of energy. Um, you know, sure, he can be a bit, you know, a bit scrappy and, and not always in a good way. Um, but the two goals he scored on Sunday uh, really rewarded the, that intensity that he brought, that energy that he brought. Um, so, you know, if he keeps going, that, that could be very good for Marseille. They weren't great defensively, Marseille, I got to say. I mean, Rangier worked hard in the middle. He actually had a good game. He was wearing the armband, uh, Valentin Rangier. Uh, but Reims did have a few chances going into the box, mostly, you know, going behind Tavares on the side or or causing a problem to, to Balergi, who wasn't having a great game. Uh, the new goalkeeper at Marseille, Ruben Blanco, who has been... Uh, recruited supposedly to be Paulo Lopez number two, but he's playing because Lopez is injured. Uh, he had two, three saves to make. He, he made an important one uh, when Marseille was winning 3-1 just after uh, Reims had scored the one goal that I feel if he doesn't make that that save, it could be quite dangerous for Marseille. So good on him. Um, on the other side of the pitch, Reims, Reims just didn't do a lot right. Um, you know, Van Bergen tried things on the right side, but he made a few mistakes. Uh, Zeneli, Munetzi, they were all right, but Zeneli was subbed off at, at halftime, of course. Uh, Balogun, the, the other Arsenal loney of the game, um, came in and Balardili politely offered him a goal. Um, you know, I mean, Balogun still had a bit to do uh, to, to head that ball in, but Balardi, we really, really gave it to him. Um, so it wasn't too bad, but... The, the nervosity, the the mistake defensively. I mean, every time they saw that the Marseille players were going to sort of like be ahead of them, um, silly fouls and, uh, and and yeah, just a lack of discipline even from Abdelhamid, who's usually a great captain. Um, it could have been better. Huh? Let, let's see. I feel like, you know, up front with Balogun, with, of course, Ito when he's going to play, um, they could be dangerous with El Bilal Touré, of course, as well, Van Bergen. 
Um, so they could be very dangerous. It's going to be about can they um, can they straighten that defense enough to serve um, Ito and, and Balogun the the best way possible. Anyway, for one, like I said, maybe a maybe a result that was a little bit mean, but uh, but the result um, anyway and uh, and encouraging for Marseille because of course they'll be happy to uh, to start the game for one. I mean, like I said, Tudor was booed at the beginning of the game, so imagine if he doesn't win. Uh, so so good for him. Uh, so that's the three games that I've watched. Let's look uh, quickly at the other games. So like I said, Strasbourg-Monaco was one of the very entertaining games of the weekend. Monaco won 2-1. Um, and the, the best players in that game were the goalkeepers, uh, Matzels and Nubel. I mean, uh, I think Monaco had what, 11, yeah, 11 shots of target for, for Monaco. 11 shots on target, sorry. 7 shots on target for Strasbourg. Um, it was just a lot of end-to-end stuff it just didn't stop especially in the second half uh and um and monaco got the win thanks to uh thanks to goals before the hour mark Kripp and jata scored the first goal just before halftime and sofian job scored at the 53rd minute abib jalo uh, 10 minutes later reduced the score but then couldn't score the second almost scored the second at the 94th minute uh but var cancelled uh that goal but uh we know how good strasbourg and monaco are going to be this season uh seeing them starting by a game against each other was uh was was promising and and it didn't um disappoint and good to see dimitri lena wearing the the armband uh but yeah thomason was there ajok was there uh, a good game for uh for, for strasbourg monaco unfortunately that game for them was a good result but stuck between um a disappointing result in uh, in champions league is not going to be easy to um to digest for them um, Clermont against Paris Saint-Germain, so that 5-0 win for uh, Paris Saint-Germain. Look, Clermont did what they do. They tried to play football, even though they were playing against a team that was definitely better than them. Um, good to see Comden Hendricks, the, the, Hendrich, excuse me, the former uh, Dinamo Zagreb striker making his debut with Clermont. Um, big, big shoes to fill, replacing Mohamed Bayo. Uh, but I think it's going to be it's going to be all right. On the other side, though, I mean, um, you know, first goal, Messi gives it to Neymar. Second goal, Neymar gives it to Hakimi. Third goal, Neymar gives it to Marquinhos. Fourth goal, Neymar gives it to Messi. Uh, and then the last goal is Messi after uh, Nazis from Paredes, the goal that went around the world, the first bicycle kick goal by Messi in his whole career. Um, you know, I said. At the beginning of the pod, we are going to see the importance of the World Cup and the uh, the impact that the World Cup has on our on our best players. Neymar and Messi look like they've never been readier to go and and play with their national teams. Uh, it's only the beginning of the season, of course, but hopefully for them they can keep that up for four months, uh, which in turn actually makes me worried for Paris Saint Germain after the World Cup. But of course, we're going to have plenty of time to talk about this. But you're going to hear me say that a lot. I think all the internationals, if they are very good right now, they're going to go to the World Cup. They're going to use up all their psychological, emotional, and physical energy. And then what are they going to do after, I think, is the is the big question. Um, you know, the one that wins the World Cup might work on the high or might be exhausted. And the one that loses the World Cup will have to deal with the disappointment anyway we'll uh, we'll see how that goes but uh, Paris Paris was actually impressive um, they played really good football um, Galtier in the press conference said that basically he just asked the players sort of like what do you like to play and let me try and make a system that's comfortable for you and, and of course he focused on Messi first so Messi is playing that sort of like number 10 role Hakimi is a wing back which is what he's supposed to play Nuno Mendes is a wing left which is what he's supposed to play a wing back on the left excuse me they play with three defenders which actually work with the team that they have so what 
what it does make sense. Galchi, Vicinia is impressive in the midfield next to Verratti. Um, yeah, what it does make sense. We'll see where that goes. Um, of course, everybody has heard about that as well, I'm sure now, but Warren Zaire Emery, 16 years old, the youngest Paris Saint-Germain player uh, to ever done the jersey, entered at the 82nd minute. Uh, he's definitely a, a kid to keep in your books. Um, you know, if he touch wood, nothing bad happened to him, but uh, he could be impressive in the in the years to come for uh, Paris Saint-Germain. The other draw of the weekend with Toulouse-Nice was Angers against Nantes. Um, and yeah, the team sort of, they sort of looked at each other a lot. Um, you know, same position, 49-51, 16 shots for Angers, 6 on target, 14 shots for Nantes, 4 on target. Uh, and you could see, yeah, there was definitely a bit of, uh, a bit of checking each other out. I mean, Angers, they, they sort of had a, um, quite an offensive lineup. Unu, Diony and Tube were playing up front. Uh, Capel, Mendy, and Unahi in the midfield. They're not the most defensive midfielders that you could have. Uh, so they tried a bit of a, a bit of new faces for Angers, of course, with all the uh, all the oldies gone now. So the defense was Miha Blazic and uh, Cedric Antunji, um, and uh, and Sabanovic was on the right. Uh, Paul Bernardoni um, is back in the in goals for uh, for Angers. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see what they go with Angers. Last year they had a great start and then they had a hard time uh, keeping up. We'll see how they uh, manage this season. Uh, for Nantes, you know they sort of needed to have that bounce after the uh, after the loss, of course, on the on the charity shield, uh, and they did all right. I mean, Alban Lafont again was probably their best player, made a few uh, very important saves. I think he's is uh, in the um, team of the week for uh, l'équipe, which is the most famous uh, newspaper in France. Um, but yeah, Ludo week blast was all right but simon did what he does um early early days beginning of the season they still haven't really figured out who's going to play that role that um Colomuani has left empty um but yeah we'll see if they can uh, if they can get somebody before they jump into the uh, europa league lille and Auxerre, 4-1 for lille um just just poor Auxerre, man after i I think it was yeah, it was 11 p.m. the game. It was after Toulouse had uh, played, and uh, and I I'm like I'm getting ready to go for bed, and I'm just looking at the scores, and the game just started, and then I see one zero for Lille, and then by the time I like wash my hands, come back, check it, two zero for Lille, and I was like, wow, what kind of start is this? So I quickly look at it, um, and they just smashed them, 60% possession, 16 shots, six on target, uh, but the fact that Jonathan David was able to uh, give an assist score within three minutes and then score a third goal before halftime, two assists for Cabela, by the way. Um, you know, just, just pour Auxerre, you know, welcome back to Ligue 1. Um, pour Jean-Marc Furlong got, got really just smashed by uh, Fonseca and, uh, and the Lille team. It's, it's the first game, right? So we're not going to take any, um, um, any final conclusions now. Uh, but Angel Gomez was sort of replaced into the midfield, which is all right, next to Benjamin Andre. It was interesting to see. We'll see if, uh, if they keep it that way. But up front, um, you know, Bayo, Cabela, David, Bamba, the danger can come from anywhere. Zedat Kar scored his first goal with his new, um, jersey as well. Um, that could be, Lille could be interesting. I mean, I've put them quite high in my preview, my predictions. Uh, but I think they can they can do something. Yeah, for Auxerre, it was just, a, I think, a game to forget after a minute, a shot from a distance that Cossid can't stop. And a minute after a uh, great action, they can't do anything. Uh, they tried to answer, but uh, but yeah, I think it's a game to forget for them. And then, uh, and then we go on for next week and we see what they can do. 
Then we had a, a couple of games where we've seen some uh, uh, some festivals from players that we like. Uh, Montpellier won 3-2 against Troyes and TJ Savanier scored one of the goals of the weekend. Uh, have a look at it if you haven't. Uh, the third goal is shot from the edge of the box uh, perfectly in the top right corner after an assist by uh, by Koza. Um, 3-2 and, and a game that went, you know, both sides. Saint-Luc scored first for Montpellier. Tardieu equalized on, from the spot kick. Savanier scored three minutes later. Mama Valde scored two minutes later. Uh, so by the time it was the 17th minute, I think, yeah, 18th minute was 2-2. Uh, and then um, Savanier scored the, the last goal. Um, Montpellier, I'm, I'm looking forward to see them. Uh, I, I don't mind the fact that they've taken all the, all the players from, um, uh, from the Etienne. Uh, but also, you know, you got, you got Sako and Sako now in defense, Mamadou and Falai. Uh, and so you got players who actually are, are pretty tough, who are pretty, uh, who have like Rinta, like we said. Zuna Somlin is still here and he's in form. He's Savanier can actually do what he, what he does. It could be impressive. And up front, it's Kazri, it's Wahi, it's Mavididi, it's Mawasa. When they come out, um, you, you got players like, um, es- um, not Esteve, excuse me, um, Suke who can come in, Leroy who can come in, uh, Makwana, Valère Germain didn't even play. Um, and there's still, um, I can't remember now another Saint-Étienne player, Arnaud Nordin, who's going to come back in. So we'll see. Under Dalolio, it's a team that could, uh, that could do well. Uh, on the other side, Trois, yeah, look, I think that, that 5-4-1 that they like to play that sometimes become a 5-2-3, uh, is quite defensive and, and they have to learn how to play with new players because there were so much players on loan, um, last year. Uh, yeah, same thing. It's a team that's not finished yet. So we'll see once the Mercato is over who they're adding to, to the squad, but the bench is, uh, the bench was very young. Uh, players from the academy, I think Dongmo and Joe, um, it'll be interesting to see um, who, who they recruit. It's uh, they, are, they are a city football club, so they should have a better player. Uh, Lance Brest was the other team where, where a hero, um, I'm not going to say was born, but came back, I'd say. Uh, Florence Otoka scored three, could have scored four, uh, hat trick for the striker and he missed the penalty. He, uh, he offered himself the luxury of seeing his penalty, um, saved by, um, what's his name? Marc Pizzo. Uh, but yeah, 3-2 still for Lance. Um, Sotoka scored at the 27 minutes, at the 62nd minute, and at the 65th minute. Um, and then they tried to get back in there a minute after the, the last goal from Sotoka. Belkebla scored for Brest, and Del Castillo scored at the 82nd minute. Uh, Lance is a team that I'm super hyped about. Uh, Luis, Luis Openda up front. Uh, Bulka, who's going to, um, come back from it. Buxa, excuse me, who's going to come back from his injury soon. Um, I think it, I think it's going to be a great team. If Ofana stays, they're going to be even better. Uh, but even if he doesn't stay, the team, the team looks good. Uh, it was interesting to see Frankowski starting onto the right side again, uh, Cabo onto the bench and Machado on the left. I really think that Cabo is the guy that should play onto the right, but Frankowski had a good game. Uh, Berg, um, played just, just the last 10 minutes. Um, but they have Said, they have Ganago. Um, they didn't see uh, their, their new player, Lucas Poreba, play, uh, playing. Christopher Wu stayed on the bench as well. Uh, it'll be good to see. Brice Samba did okay, did a few good saves, even though he concedes two. Um, Lance, you have to, you have to check them out. Brest, um, I don't know. I don't know. I need to, I need to see them again. I wasn't impressed. Uh, Pierre Lismulu did okay, but not great. Bellali, not great. Uh, I'll see. I'll have to, to watch them again. Marco Bizo, luckily for them, is still a, a very good goalkeeper. 
And the last game of the weekend that we'll talk about today was the, the surprise. Uh, Lorient winning 1-0 against Rennes. Uh, and when I say Lorient, I should say I should say M. Vogo won 1-0 against Rennes. The goalkeeper from uh, Lorient, um, 21 shots for Rennes, 6 on target, 64% possession. So clearly they dominated. Um, Lorient only had 8 shots, 2 on target, and they, and they scored a goal. And when I say they scored a goal, it was a, an on goal by uh, Arthur Theat, the new uh, Rennes defender at the 65th minute. And then Lorient just had to basically hold it. Uh, good to see Lorienté, Lefe, Enzo Lefe had a cracking game, um, more in the middle of the park. Uh, Gedeon Kaloulou, the new recruit as well, didn't do too, too bad, but, uh, but definitely he was M. Vogo's, um, game. They were looking for a goalkeeper last year. They didn't find it. Now they finally find somebody who, who can potentially, um, stay there long term, uh, who pushed Nardi onto the bench. Uh, it'll, it'll be good to see what he does. Um, Lebris is the coach and, uh, funnily enough, he brought in his son, Theo Lebris, to come in for, uh, for Book Innocent at the, uh, at the 67 minutes. We'll see if there'll be a, a good story or a bad story to see the, the father and son in the same team. Um, but yeah, 1-0 for Lorient. I mean, heck of a start. You know, we said that they were going to struggle to stay in Ligue 1, uh, starting with a win at the neighbors at Lebris' former club. Rennes is the way to go. Uh, I think Rennes got mainly unlucky. There was a little bit of a, um, I don't know, a little bit, maybe, maybe Major, Bourgeois, Terrier, I don't know if they are going to stay or not. Maybe there was a bit of lack of focus, but I really think that they could have scored four or five goals and no one would have said anything. So the, the XG, the expected goals were looking good for Rennes. Unfortunately for them, they were not able to score. So that's the uh, first match day of course at the top of the goal scoring ladder it's Sotoka with his hat trick um, and uh, we have round two coming in of course this weekend uh, quickly go through round two Nantes Lille Monaco Rennes Paris Montpellier Lyon against Lorient or it's in Lorient Lorient against Lyon I should say Ajaccio Lens Auxerre Angers Reims Clermont 3 Toulouse Nice Strasbourg and we'll finish by Brest Marseille I'm clearly looking forward to Monaco Rennes, although it's going to be at the time that I can't watch it myself. Uh, but it's going to be a great game, I reckon. I'm looking forward to seeing Trois Toulouse, Nice Strasbourg. Uh, just another very good game. And then he finishes with, uh, with Brest Marseille, where we might see Alexis Sanchez, uh, playing under his new colors. Thank you so much for listening to Casseline, the French football podcast with the accent. This was uh, game day one. We, we start slowly and just, just about 40 minutes of, of podcasts. Uh, and don't hesitate if you have any questions. Don't hesitate if you have any comments. Um, don't hesitate if you want to come on the pod and talk about your favorite team. Just uh, uh, subscribe, listen, rate. Tell me if, if that was boring and shit or tell me if it was great. Uh, and thank you for being faithful listeners and I'll be there again next week. Ciao, ciao.